I've been on holiday. Have you been on holiday? Did you go somewhere nice? Yes? Everyone been on holiday? Who went to the beach? Yeah? I went to the beach as well. I went to Scotland where my, my, uh, my mother and father-in-law live. They live in Ayrshire. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful place. Rolling hills, absolutely, absolutely beautiful. And by the beach, there's a, a castle called Danua Castle. And it's a, it's a very, very old castle. And it's built on a cliff top. So you, you, you walk up to it. There's some lovely greens in a car park. You can walk up to it. But beyond it is a big drop. And then there's the ocean. It's beautiful. And if you go down, if you go there and you go down and you walk on the beach and you walk across the beach, it's not sand like we have down here in Swansea. It's little pebbles. And the little pebbles, some of them are semi-precious stones like garnets and um, all kinds of other. I can't remember the name of any of the other ones, but bits of oh, glass, you know, broken glass that's been polished by the sea. Beautiful. I enjoy that. Anyway, there's also a, there's also a uh, lovely little harbor with, a, I don't know, probably about 15 or 20 boats in it. So we go down, we go to the castle, then we walk down to the harbor and we walk around the harbor. And very handy, next to the harbor is a cafe. Oh, and it does bacon sandwiches. Oh, and it does egg sandwiches and it does beans on toast. It's lovely. You can buy a hot coffee and a cup of tea and you can go and sit around the harbor wall and you can watch the harbor. And it's fascinating. People are jumping off the harbor wall into the harbor and the boats are bobbing about and boats are going out and boats are coming in. There are people on these long boards now with paddles paddling around and then a fisherman appears. And we're watching this fisherman came in in his fishing boat, very small fishing boat. I don't think I'd want to go to sea in it. Very small fishing boat. And he brought out not nets and fish, but baskets with lobsters and crabbing. Oh, lovely. And of course, when people know that's happening, they come down and they buy. And there's lots of people around the harbor. It's lovely. I like the harbor. I like going to harbors and I like watching. I even like going to Swansea Harbor and sitting and having a coffee there and watching. We're not at a harbor in this story, but we're beside a lake. We're beside Lake Galilee, though here it's called Gennesaret, but it's the same. It's the same lake. It's just got two names. I don't know why it's got two names, but, you know, it just has. And we're down by the side of the lake, and Jesus is there, but lots of people are there. Because people go to the sides of lakes, and that's a nice place to be. And that's what I want to look at, what happens here. First thing I want to say, Jesus is drawing a crowd. So down by the side of the lake, there are boats, there are fishing boats, and there are fishermen fixing their nets, and then there's Jesus. And he starts to preach. He starts to speak. And he draws a crowd. And it's intriguing what we're told he's speaking. We're told that he's speaking the word of God. The very word of God. Sometimes you go somewhere, you go to a park, you go to a beach, and someone's speaking, and they're speaking the first thing that comes off the top of their head, or they're singing, 
or something like that is going on, but Jesus is speaking the very word of God. We're told people were flocking to hear him. They wanted to hear what he was saying because what he said had truth and it had power and it had authority and because of the way that Jesus taught and because of who Jesus was, it was very interesting because when Jesus preached, he preached about things that people understood. He preached about fish and birds and, and trees and flowers and wheat and grain. And he talked about all kinds of things that people understood. And so there he is by the side of the lake and he's drawing a crowd. Now, this isn't the first time that Jesus had taught. Jesus had taught a number of times before. And as you read the Bible, you quickly work that out. Jesus had taught at his hometown and they had thrown him out. Then he had taught down here by the side of the lake. Now, by the side of the lake was a town called Capernaum. So it wasn't just a lake. It was a lake with a town. And down beside the lake was a town called Capernaum. And Jesus had taught in the local Jewish church, the synagogue. And he had taught about God. And people had been amazed and filled with wonder. And there was a man there who had an evil spirit and Jesus had cast out the evil spirit. And then one of the men who was there, a man called Simon, we'll meet him in a second, he was then and he knew Jesus already and his mum was very ill. So Jesus went from church and he went to Simon's house and he went to Simon's mother-in-law who was very ill and he made her well. He had done remarkable things. And then he'd gone off and he had done loads of teaching all over the place. And then he comes back to Capernaum, which was for three years his home. And people knew about him and people had heard about him by now. And the town was talking about him. And as he begins to teach by the side of the lake, he draws a big crowd. Truth draws a crowd. And he's speaking the word of God. And at this point, he's speaking to people in the crowd, but he's also speaking to one or two who are going to be very special in his kingdom. But they're not listening yet. So Jesus is drawing a crowd. You can imagine it. Loads of people gathering around. The crowd's getting so big, he's getting nearer and nearer and nearer to the water. And the crowd gets bigger because it's all coming up behind out of the town. And the, the, the beach is getting smaller and smaller and he's getting nearer and nearer to the water so he steps into one of the boats. Simon Peter was a fisherman who knew Jesus and had probably been with Jesus quite a lot before now. And he had been out all night fishing because that's how you catch fish at Galilee. You go out at night with nets and you go to the shallow water, and then in the night, you drop your net, and you make a big circle, and then you, you bring it in, and you pull all the fish in. And he had been fishing all night. But he had just caught weeds. Okay. Now, we know he caught weeds, because he's sat now by the side of the lake, cleaning his nets, isn't he? So what's he caught? He's just caught rubbish. 
is, have you ever been fishing? I've been fishing quite a few times and I've caught a lot of rubbish. I've caught weeds. Well, this was his job and all he'd caught was weeds. And he was repairing his nets because he had also caught rubbish and stones. The crowd's listening to Jesus, but Peter isn't. Peter's getting on with his life. He's fixing his boat. He's fixing his nets. Now, there's nothing wrong with fixing your nets. Okay? There's nothing wrong with fixing your boat. I'm glad that there are men fix their nets because last night I had fish and chips. And then the children's talk gave it away. I had fish and chips and I had a cod and it was huge. It was delicious. Up, for, up next to the school, I'll give them a little advert. The cod father next to, behind the school. Cod is delicious. I like people who go out in boats. I'm thankful that they go fishing. I think it's a good job to have. Peter was a fisherman. There are lots of good things you can do in life. There are lots of good things. There's lots of good things you've got to do because you've got family and you've got houses to pay for and cars to pay for and there's things you want to buy and there's clothes you want to wear. So you've got to do a good job. And that's what he's doing. He's chosen a good thing to do. I commend Simon Peter. But he's missing out at this point on the best thing, which is to listen to Jesus. There's another story like this, isn't there? About two women in a house, two sisters, one called Mary and one called Martha. And Jesus is in the house and he's teaching the people in the house. And these two sisters... One of them is listening to Jesus, Martha, and the other one, Mary, is fixing tea. I like women who can cook. I married one. It's brilliant because I'm not good at it. Though if I had to, I suspect I could get better. I like going to people's houses when people give me food. I like it. I think it's a lovely thing to do. I think it's a precious thing to do. My mum's really good at it. She spent all her life entertaining people and making friends. It's vitally important and it's wonderful. It's part of what it means to show hospitality and to be a Christian. And so there she is. She's doing that. And she's really angry because her sister isn't helping her. She's listening to Jesus. The problem isn't that Mary's doing something that's bad. It's just that she's not doing, at this point, the best thing. You know? There are people today... And they're doing all kinds of things on Sunday. And most of them aren't bad. It's not bad to go to the beach. It's not bad to spend time with your family. It's not bad to mow your lawn. People are doing it all around us now. But they're missing the best, aren't they? They're missing the best, which is to listen to the words of Jesus and to know him. So Jesus gets his attention, and he does so by getting into his boat. Simon Peter can't ignore him now because he stood in his boat. And he says to Simon Peter, take me out, take me out, take me away from the shore. Simon Peter 
has got to leave his nets and is fixing his nets and he's got to take Jesus out and he's got to sit in the boat with Jesus and listen to Jesus. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes God takes us away from the good things of the world for the best thing in the world, which is to know him. Sometimes he does it by asking us to do something for him. Sometimes he does it by taking away our strengths and our energies and our abilities. Have you ever been there? You've been so busy with the things of this world and the things of life, good things, but you've not been thinking or interested in Jesus and he just stops you. Sometimes he physically stops you. Sometimes suddenly you find yourself ill. Sometimes the things that you used to be able to do dry up and you can't do them anymore. Well, take the opportunity to spend time with Jesus. It's good to, to do good things, yes, but it's good to stop. Jesus wants us to stop. So Peter obeys. He leaves his net and he goes and he listens to Jesus. And that's the best thing he could do. That's the best thing he could do. Now, having drawn a crowd and then having drawn Simon Peter away from his nets, you can see we're, we're doing drawing here. He says to Simon Peter when he finishes preaching, go and do some fishing. Okay? Now, Simon is very polite. I want you to notice that. He's very polite. He doesn't say what he's thinking, but you can pick up that he's thinking something. Because when Jesus says, now, pull out a little bit from the shore and put down your nets and catch some fish. He says, well, because you say so, I will do it. What he's thinking is, what a stupid idea. We fish at night. That's when you catch fish. I'm a fisherman. I've been fishing all my life. I know this. I know this lake better than anyone. I know that you catch fish in shallow water at night. You don't catch fish in deep water on this lake in the middle of the day. But he doesn't say that. What he says is, very, very carefully, he says, because you said it, Jesus, I will do it. He knows that Jesus says some amazing things. And he knows that Jesus does some amazing things. And he knows that Jesus says and does amazing things. And if Jesus asks you to do it, it may not make any sense to you. It may actually go against your own wisdom. But because Jesus says it, it's worth doing. And so that's what he does. He puts aside all his learning. He puts aside his years of wisdom. He puts aside his understanding. And he says, I'll trust you, Jesus. I'll trust you with what you ask me to do. And so, in the middle of the day, which is not a good time to be working hard, is it? Especially when it's hot and sunny. In the middle of the day, he goes into deep water and he drops his net. And lo and behold, there's a catch of fish. 
In fact, it's not just a little catch of fish. It's a humongous catch of fish. And it's so much fish that his boat is far too small. So he calls his mate's boat, who he fishes with, who's still by the side of the shore. And he says, bring your boat out. We've got so many fish, we've no room for them. So his mate comes out. The sons of Zebedee come out, John and James, and they fill their boat. And their boats begin to sink because there's too many fish. Quite amazing. Quite remarkable. It's quite remarkable. At this point, we read something fascinating. He falls at Jesus' knee and says, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Huh. Simon Peter already knew Jesus. Yeah? Simon Peter had heard Jesus preaching. Because after the sermon, they went to Simon Peter's mum's house. Simon Peter saw Jesus heal his mother-in-law from a terrible, from a terrible fever. In a moment, she was healed, full of strength, and cooking in the kitchen. He saw that. He saw a man with an evil spirit come to Jesus and walk away without the evil spirit. Further, he had followed Jesus quite a lot in the weeks that had followed that. And he'd heard Jesus preach and he'd seen Jesus do remarkable things. He saw it and he heard it. And he kind of understood it. But it didn't mean a lot to him. Yeah? Have you ever been there? You know, you, you, you go into a church service and you hear someone preach and, and you think, well, that was interesting. That was interesting. Someone else comes out of the church. That's the best sermon I've ever heard in my life. And you sit there and you're thinking, were we in the same room? Was it the same person? You know, you hear that God has done this and God has done that. And you think, well, that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Well, that was Simon Peter. But when he caught a remarkable catch of fish, that really struck Simon Peter as something amazing. Not only that, but that the person who did it was amazing. In a way, he hadn't seen it before. Because he falls on his knees he falls at Jesus' knees, sorry, and he says, go away from me, Lord, I am sinful. He hadn't seen it when Jesus preached, it seems. He hadn't seen it when he healed the sick, even his own mother-in-law. That hadn't got through to him. But when he caught fish, he saw it. Aren't people strange? Huh? People are strange. What touches you, what gets your attention, is not necessarily what gets my attention. Yeah? You can hear one preacher and you can think, I really like his preaching because of the way he preaches. The way he preaches, he gets my attention. 
And then you hear another preacher and you go, boys, that's boring. I was, I'd have been at home watching paint and it would have been more interesting. But your mate goes, that was brilliant. Why? Well, because we're all different. Yeah? We're all different. I wouldn't have been, I don't think, impressed with a catch of fish, but I would have been really impressed with someone out casting out a demon, a demon from someone who's possessed. I think. But you see, I'm not sure. And then not only are we different, but the Bible tells us that it's not just what you see, but it's God's spirit at work revealing what's happening to you. You see, there are two ways of seeing, aren't there? There's a way of seeing where you see, you know, and you're aware that something's happening. And then there's a way of seeing that's a spiritual way of seeing, and you, you, you understand at a greater depth. You suddenly understand that God is at work. You suddenly understand that, that something remarkable is happening, that Jesus is someone remarkable. Fascinatingly, for the fisherman, it was the catch of fish that made him realize who Jesus, or begin to realize who Jesus really was. And that's us. For Simon, it was a catch of fish. For a man called Nathaniel, it was when Jesus told him what he'd been doing a few hours earlier and told him what his character was like. For a man called Zacchaeus, it was because Jesus came and ate a meal with him. It was because Jesus ate a meal with him that he couldn't, he just, he just wanted now to follow Jesus. Just because of a meal. That's what the Spirit of God used for him. For another, it was an earthquake. A Philippian jailer. It was an earthquake. And then he realized that Jesus was the Son of God. For another, he was reading the Bible and he couldn't understand it. And someone came running along next to him in his carriage and said, Do you want me to explain it? And the Ethiopian said, Yes, please. And another man called Peter explained it to him. And he went, That's what I've been looking for all my life. It's very rare for someone to be reading the Bible and have it explained and someone say, that's what I've been looking for all my life. But to the Ethiopian, it was, and it did. And he said, I want to follow Jesus. Each person's different, aren't they? You're different, I'm different. For another, it was the resurrection of a brother. God can use all kinds of settings. And all kinds of things to bring us to Jesus Christ. Let's not limit him. And let's rejoice when he works. And let's be thankful, if you know him, that he came and spoke to you. And if you don't know him, he can come and speak to you. But let me tell you what he will do when he'll speak to you. He'll speak personally to you. It'll be a message just fit for you. And you'll know it because your heart will burn when you hear it. And don't worry if others don't get it. That's okay. It's for you. I pray that God will speak to you and show you the wonderful Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Jesus then goes, well, they're frightened. 
So my, my third drawing, the disciples were now to draw others to follow him. Jesus says to Simon Peter, who's actually physically frightened because of what Jesus has done, because of what he's seen, he's physically frightened. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. Fascinating, he wasn't frightened by the demon possession stuff. That didn't frighten him at all. But this frightened him. When he saw the power of Jesus Christ in the things he understood, and Jesus says, don't be afraid. Jesus, he was right to fear Jesus. He has power and authority unmatched by anyone else. He has a holy perfection unmatched by anyone else. But he's also gracious and loving and kind and merciful. So we fear him, but we love him because he's worthy of fear. But we also love him. And he says, don't fear. And then he says, now, Simon, I want you to change jobs. Jesus doesn't always ask us to change our employment. You know, for Simon Peter, they left the boats. Okay? Paul, well, he left, his, he left his university. But Zacchaeus, who was a little man, who was transformed when he had a meal with Jesus Christ, he went back to work as a tax collector. Amazing. But as a tax collector, he was now a follower of Jesus Christ. And everyone knew that something had changed. And many started to follow Jesus Christ because he went back to work a changed man. Lydia, the purple seller, she continued to sell purple. Not everyone is called. But Simon's called to change his job. And he says, I don't want you to draw in fish to a boat. I want you to draw men and women to me. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Just as you cast that net and brought in the fish, I want you to cast out a different kind of net. I want you to cast out good news and draw people to me. And I want it to be your life work. And, and Peter said yes. And he left his nets and he followed Jesus. But so did his brothers and so did his cousins. Maybe you will be asked to leave your, your job you know for me I had to leave behind what I really loved and it's hard to believe but I loved looking after cows and sheep and pigs and I loved that but I, I left that behind I'm no worse for it in fact what greater job in the world is there than spending time learning about Jesus and sharing it with others and casting a net like this and asking people to come and follow him but not everyone does that some of you, Jesus will ask you to continue working in your workplace, but still to cast a net, to tell others about Jesus Christ as well, to be his disciple where he put you, to your family and your friends and your neighbors. Will you cast a net? See, when we called to Jesus Christ, we're also called to call others to him. This is not a secret to be kept but something wonderful to be shared. Jesus Christ is the one and only Savior of the world. And he saves you if you put your trust in him.